our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 13. Our brother Danny mentioned this morning, for those who weren't here, that there was a theme for the talk, and I knew I was giving this talk tonight, and I thought, wow, very similar to both talks this morning. So obviously the Lord's got a plan for us, and and um, it's you know really about being grateful and thankful in the Lord and uh, the the goodness it brings. And um, I'm going to talk about um, the heart, spiritual healing and natural healing of the heart and um, what God looks for. We, we think about that scripture in, in Matthew there. It says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And I don't know about you, you think about that. That's an incredible thing, isn't it? To think that um, we need to have a pure heart to see God. And um, obviously it's only through the Lord and through the Holy Spirit as we understand these things. But we're going to briefly read about the uh, the first king, King Saul, who was chosen uh, by the people and how God really rejected him. And uh, they looked at the outward appearance, but of course, as we know, God looks upon the heart. And um, chapter 13, we read in verse 14, but now thy kingdom shall not continue, is talking about King Saul, the Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord had have commanded him to be captain over his people. Uh, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord had commanded thee. So the Lord had rejected this man because of his disobedience, because he wasn't prepared to do what the Lord had said. But, but God obviously always looked for someone who was after his own heart. And uh, to understand those things, you can only really understand those things if we've got the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, how the Lord changes us. And um, we'll just go to um, 1 Samuel 16, and in verse 7 it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance. So at this time the next king was going to be chosen, the king was going to be chosen by God. And, of course, before this time they chose Saul because uh, they didn't want God to reign over them anymore. They didn't want to listen to him. But here it says, um, Look not on in his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So God is interested in the heart. He's interested in not what the mind does, but the deep inner part of us, which is the heart. And um, when we look at these things, uh, we'll just go to Acts chapter 13, and in verse 22, this is talking about King David. And when he had re removed him, that's King Saul, he raised up to them David to be their king, to whom he gave testimony and said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine heart, mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. So because he was uh, one who was seeking to please God and seeking to do his will, the Lord looked out at him and said, he's a man after mine own heart. And obviously that's who we desire to be. I mean, you know, as I said, the, the natural mind is uh, something that, you know, the Bible says is the enemy of God, but of course uh, our heart isn't the enemy of God. You know, our heart is what really desires to please God. And sometimes we can get a little bit mixed up about those things because our mind's thinking or, or you know, thinking about the wrong things and we're really trying to do the right thing, condemnation comes in, and yet really if... God looks on the heart and that true desire, and that's what he saw with um, 
David. And as we know, for any who've been around a while, the life of David, you look at his life, it wasn't perfect. He made a lot of mistakes, but he always was obedient. He always uh, come back to that point where he desired to please God. And, of course, that's how we want to be. But we'll just go to Ezekiel 36. And this is a prophecy concerning, of course, the Holy Spirit. And for any, I don't know if there's any visitors here, if you'd like to, you know, if you think about yourself and where you're at in your own life and you don't like where you're at because of your heart, because of your mind, because of what you, is going on in your life, here in verse 26 it says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I'll take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. So the Lord wanted us to have a brand new heart. And that's why we can have this brand new heart that, uh, as the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Of course, then we do have that ability when Jesus Christ returns to see God. And um, as I said, now we've got a new heart and uh, thinking about this um, with hearts, we can have, um, you know, a lot of people these days, they have a heart transplant, don't they? And, uh, you know, not, not a lot of people, but there's many people who have. And, um, and really that's what we've had. We've had a heart transplant. And, uh, you know, there's, um, they, they actually did a survey of 74 people, um, this, uh, <clears throat> um, who'd had a brand new heart. They'd had been transplanted. And, uh, some of you probably know, but, um, when you have a new heart put into you, you take on the traits of the person before. And these 74 people, they, They tested them to see and they knew their history, the person who they received the heart from, and they found that some of those traits had passed on. And with us, of course, we've had all the traits of God through Jesus Christ passed on to us. I'm just going to read a couple of these, you know, these 74 people and what had happened. There was an American woman named Claire Sylvia received a heart transplant at at a hospital in Yale, Connecticut. She was told that her donor was an 18-year-old male uh, from Maine, USA, who had just died in a motorbike accident. Soon after the operation, Sylvia declared that she felt like drinking beer, something she hadn't particularly been fond of. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, be careful in the Lord. Don't have a heart transplant. <laughs> You're going to need to pray a lot. But, um, <clears throat> but um, something she hadn't particularly been fond of. Later she observed an uncontrollable urge to eat chicken nuggets, as every 18-year-old does, and, um, and found herself drawn to visiting the popular chicken restaurant chain KFC. She also began craving green peppers, which she hadn't particularly liked before. Sylvia also began uh, having recurring dreams about a mystery man named Tim L, whom she felt was the organ donor. On a cue from someone, she searched for uh, obituaries in newspapers published from Maine and was able to identify the young man whose heart she had received. His name indeed had been Tim. So, you know, when you receive a heart, you receive the attributes, of course, uh, you know, from that. And uh, we've been had a heart transplant from God and we've got those attributes now. And uh, it's, I suppose when you think about it, in this case, this woman... She had a brand new heart, but there was still some of the old things lingering. And uh, that's the same with us sometimes. We've got to make sure that we don't let that old world linger, the things that try to 
to hold on. We want to put them aside. With this woman, she would have had to um, gone on a diet and realised, you know, the only way I'm going to get back to where I was, I imagine she put on a lot of weight. I mean, at 18, you can lead a lot of chicken nuggets and done a fracture. I can tell you now, my age, if I did that, I'd be this big. So, um, you know, we sometimes have to change things, don't we, to be uh, able to, for the Lord to work in our lives. And as this naturally... People had to change. Of course, we have to change spiritually. There's also an eight-year-old girl. I won't read this whole story, but basically this eight-year-old girl received the heart of some other young girl who'd been murdered, and in the end she'd been able to identify all the details, the time, the weapon, the place, the clothes he wore, what the little girl uh, he killed had said to him, and uh, in the end they convicted the man in question of murder. So, you know... The heart actually has a memory. Well, we've got a memory now of God and we let those things, uh, they're the things that work in our lives. So um, thinking about this, there's, there's other things with the, the heart that we can talk about and uh, the time goes very quickly here. Um, <clears throat> there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, uh, we'll just read it, Proverbs 17, very well-known scripture to many of us, a chorus that we sing. And we'll just read it. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. So there's many different aspects of our heart, of course, that we could we could look into. You know, uh, the Bible talks about being hard-hearted, apply your heart to understanding. Wisdom enters into the heart. Prepare our heart. The Lord tries the heart. A merry heart, as we're reading, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. And so, you know, there's certain aspects that uh, what we let come in is what's going to come out, go out. And um, the Bible talks about, you know, the things that we let enter in are going to affect us and our lives. And, uh, you know, they've actually found, you know, they've done different tests and laughing is good for your heart. It reduces stress and gives a boost to your immune system. Uh, utters, uh, laughter balances your stress hormones, reduces inflammation in your arteries and increases HDL or good cholesterol. And these effects last at least 24 hours according to the American Heart Association. It's good to laugh. All right, we do that well. The saints do that well, all the people said. You know, we rejoice. You know, um, you know, there's certain aspects to do with a heart that we actually do and they have a good effect upon us. Uh, you know, for, and uh, there's different studies that have been um, done on this as far as laughing is good for your heart and reduces stress, etc. You know, there's also, um, you know, when you think about it, you know, actually there's a statistic that more heart attacks happen on a Monday than any day other day of the week. Why is that? You go to work. <laughs> Some don't. But, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, we can let what's going on in our lives, even ourselves, you know, at the beginning of the week have an effect upon our heart. And, and um, the thing about the heart is whether it's naturally or spiritually, if we're rejoicing, you know, it says, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. All right? So if we're rejoicing, if we're happy, if we're thankful, and that's another aspect of our heart, there's actually a, um, a test that was done as well. 
Um, they recently did a study on people who practice being grateful. Who knows who Dr. Phil is? <laughs> Lots of laughs. Dr. Phil was talking about it on a podcast. That's where I first thought about, you know, giving a talk about the heart. And um, he, they actually did this test on people who are thankful and grateful. You know, it has an effect upon their heart. Even people who've had heart attacks, by being thankful, it can actually have a good effect upon your heart and heal it. So um, that's in the natural sense. We're spirit-filled. You know, our sister Lydia gave a testimony and, and the turning point for, for her was being thankful, you know, for her healing. And uh, how often is it, you know, if we're thankful, if, we're, if we um, are people who are complaining all the time, you know, if we're anxious and worried all the time about things that really don't matter and aren't thankful, you know, if we get up in the morning and we're thankful for the day, thanks, Lord, for I'm alive. I woke up this morning. You know, thanks, Lord, for the day. Thanks for my family. Thanks for the oversight. Thanks for the fellowship. Thanks for eternal life. Thanks, you know, there's so many things. Thanks for the healings I've had. Thanks for the healings for my family. Thanks for the healings I'm, I'm praying for people. And, uh, you know, what they did with, with this um, study on people who were thankful says the amygdala in the brain wasn't as pronounced in a scan. Who knows what that is? Yeah, not me either. <laughs> but it, it's it, it's um, the this area of the brain usually displays emotions like anger, stress, etc. So that being thankful actually reduces stretch, stress, which in turn reduces damage to the heart. So actually, being thankful is a good thing. It, it will heal your heart. Not, not just because of the statistics. The Lord does it. He, he works in our lives. And, uh, you know, the heart there, of course, it's got its own brain. It's com- composed of approximately 40,000 neurons that are alike neurons in the brain. So the heart has a memory. And we want it to have a good memory. You know, blessed are the pure in heart because we're going to have the memory of God in our lives. They're the things that are going to be there. They're the things that we're going to be to be dwelling on and um you know we can be thankful for the lord what the lord's done for us and uh there's many other things i'd like to say but we'll just read proverbs 4 and in verse 23 keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life all right the issues of life everything to do with our life is controlled by our heart you know we can control that like I said, you know, you know, by rejoicing, by, by being thankful, by letting the Lord work in our lives and all people see.